This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey now. Hey now. And welcome back to the show where two childhood friends discuss their favourite childhood movies. I'm Emily Sandford. And I'm Barney Lee. And whether it's iconic lines, musical moments, or just questionable outfit choices, the films we'll be talking about on our show are unique in their own way. And this week, we'll be discussing Love Actually. Warning, this episode contains nostalgia and big love for Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. <laughs> Poor Uncle Jamie. The whole family's <laughs> chanting. You know why they hate Uncle Jamie? Because he thought like cloves of garlic would make a good Christmas present. <laughs> what the hell, man? Where's my Scalatrics? Literally, I had a Furby on the list. Thank you. <laughs> We had to kick off our second Christmas classic series with the iconic British classic, Love Actually. This is going to become a bit of a Richard Curtis, Bill Nye fan podcast today, so... Settling, kids. (laughs) Buckle up. Don't do drugs. But in his case, do lots of drugs. (laughs) It's Christmas. It's snow. We love Uncle Jamie. (laughs) So... Love Actually was released on the 21st of November 2003. So the film has just celebrated its 18th birthday. Wow. Which is the same age as Keira Knightley in this movie. Fun fact, she was only five years older than Thomas Brody Sangster. The little boy in Love Actually is only five years younger than married Keira Knightley. Is that not insane? Emily's just staring into space. But to be honest, if you've seen him nowadays, he looks the same. He has chronic baby face. Wow. (laughs) Never had Botox yet. If I do, I'll ask them for the Brody. (laughs) So obviously, just a recap. Love Actually is about a group of Londoners, kind of all interconnected. Yes. Set in 2003. And they basically show us that love is all around. So I'm very excited to record this podcast today. You know, I've got a good feeling about this. I can feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. We didn't even make it to best musical moment. (laughs) I know, sorry. Get that gin out of your hand. (laughs) It's Christmas. I blame Uncle Jamie. He makes me drink. Jamie, you are the reason I drink. (laughs) Yeah. Glug, glug. One fact that I really like is that Richard Curtis actually called Colin Firth's character, Jamie, our favourite, because his brother's called Jamie. So he wanted his kids to apparently be like, I hate Uncle Jamie. 
you're telling me he invented this entire film just so he could have like a jab at his brother? (laughs) Emma Freud has tweeted this. So if it's come from his wife, then we know. Absolutely. So Liam Neeson in the movie plays a widower trying to get over the death of his wife. Mm. Tragically, just six years after this film came out, that story kind of became a reality for him. Um, He became a widower to his wife, Natasha Richardson legend one of my favorite actresses of all time amazing um yeah she died as a result of a skiing accident emma thompson who is not natasha richardson (laughs) even though they look exactly the same honestly sisters sisters she wore a fat suit for the role of karen in this now it says this on imdb and is this just to make her not supermodel actress thin i guess although she looked incredible in this film so where's the fat suit i don't get it whatever she slays i know we have martin freeman plays john our favorite body stand-in actor what are john and judy doing my understanding is that they're stand-ins for actors so that you know the crew can get the lighting right and the cameras right. right but here's the question is the film that they're filming a porno or is it an actual film with a sex scene in surely because i feel like a porno would you know would be a bit more cd cd it's a beautiful location yeah true it's never really explained no i do love their relationship in this like i do think it is so funny when they're having sex and they're just like oh yeah junction 13 is really <laughs> Oh my it's really God. bad, isn't it? So That know. is the worst when you're like early for a Zoom call <laughs> and it's just you and one other person that you don't really know. Oh God, isn't it getting darker nowadays? Yeah. Like, wow. Mm, I saw a squirrel in the garden earlier. <laughs> <laughs> like, please. <laughs> um, we've also got Hugh Grant playing the Prime Minister David and Martin McCutcheon as Natalie, the lovable Natalie. Oh. Fun fact about Hugh Grant he is second cousins with Thomas Brody Sangster, who plays 12-year-old Sam in the film. How bizarre. They didn't look like they'd be related. I don't see the resemblance. No. Hugh Grant does not have a baby face. Actually, if you're trying to get into the acting world, though, and then your second cousin is Hugh Grant, then a few doors are going to be open. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it hurt. We've got this role for you. <laughs> you're going to be a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> but I'm 20. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it for Uncle Granty. <laughs> I hate Uncle Granty. We've got Kira Knightley. Oh yes, I look rather pretty, don't I? If you want to do a Kira Knightley impersonation, you just have to stick out your bottom teeth <laughs> and say, "I look quite pretty, don't I?" <laughs> I mean, she does look pretty. She does look pretty, and always a claim to fame. Whenever we talk about Kira Knightley, we went to the same college as her. Mm, but she dropped out after a year mm. because she got famous. Yeah, and um, got money. <laughs> so in the movie, Kira Knightley is married to Chiwetel Ejiofor, who plays Peter, and his best friend Mark is played by Andrew Lincoln. Ooh. And that is a whole love triangle situation that we need to get into later. Oh, honestly. <laughs> Uncle Marky. <laughs> I also hate that fleecy worse. Honestly. <laughs> so patchworky. He's handsome, but that yeah. fleece is doing no favours. And like, what is that house? Does he live in a B&Q? <laughs> We've also got Laura Linney playing Sarah. Oh, she's so cute. Hi, babe. Coral. 
Oh, Carl. Oh. Carl is played by Rodrigo Santoro, who is the hunky accountant. Ooh. There's that lovely scene where he takes his top off. Thank you very much, Richard Curtis. He pulls off the um, thin-rimmed glasses really well. Not a lot of people can pull those off. No. What's grr in Brazilian? <laughs> oh goodness we've got chris marshall playing colin frissel colin big knob <laughs> how do you know he says it in the thing yeah, what do yeah, you say yeah. here comes colin frissel and he's got a big knob <laughs> oh my god i mean show me that deleted scene honestly we also have alan rickman playing harry yes yes <laughs> Yes. In this film, he has a Nokia phone, like the one that plays Snake on it. And I'm like, once a Slytherin, always a Slytherin. <laughs> We've also got Lucia Moniz playing Aurelia. We have Rowan Atkinson as Rufus, who is just so fun. I know. And um, the last people we should just shout out is Olivia Olsen, who plays American sweetheart Joanna. She also voices a character in Phineas Ferb. Which Thomas Brody Sanger also voices the character in. He's Phineas. No, he's Ferb. Um, I do like that thing that's been going around online saying that Sam and Joanna look like Harry and Meghan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know? Sam and Joanna walked so Harry and Meghan could run. Honestly. So on top of the stellar cast, as if that wasn't enough, we also have some amazing cameos in this film. We have... Marcus Brigstock, Anton Deck, Joe Wiley, Michael Parkinson, January Jones, insane, Alicia Cuthbert, Claudia Schiffer, and Denise Richards. Any Housewife fans out there? Richard Curtis, he has got a black book filled of like the best contacts in the industry. Yeah. And the Claudia Schiffer cameo apparently cost $200,000. Like that was her fee. And it all kind of came about because Richard wanted to cast somebody to look like Claudia Schiffer. Because, you know, in the movie, Liam Neeson's like, oh, well, the only person I'd marry after your mum is Claudia Schiffer, blah, blah, blah. He couldn't find any actresses who kind of looked like her. He was like, oh, fine, just cast Claudia Schiffer. And it cost 200 grand. Oh, my goodness. Shall we go on to best supporting character? Yes. And then let's get pissed and watch some porn. Eh? It's in the film. (laughs) I promise. Okay. Before we can really get into best supporting character, I think we should touch on worst supporting character. Oh, there's a few in this film. (laughs) Well, we can definitely start with Mia, the demon office assistant. And we're saying that because why the heck did she wear devil horns to the Christmas party? Truly! Halloween happened three months ago. (laughs) What what are you doing? Not only is she the worst supporting character, she also has the worst taste in interior design I have (laughs) ever seen. Lilac walls. And then red geraniums. Sorry. The only person who can have a purple interior is the cast of Friends. And I will not be told differently. (laughs) That is so funny. I just thought, was she wearing devil horns because she was a horny devil? And the fact that... Harry was literally dancing with the devil. Oh, this all makes sense. But honestly, who the hell does she think she is? She's she's obviously awful at her job mm. because she's planning the Christmas party like with five weeks to go. And it's like, babe, venues get booked in advance. And then she kind of pulls herself out of her desk and just spreads her legs. And sometimes in life you, you want to do something and you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. She just goes for it. She 
saw what she wanted and it was Harry. The Carl is walking around your office. Harry, she just wants a big paycheck and a big dick. Big dick. <laughs> it's Christmas. That no, can kids. slither into her. Yeah, that's why she spread her legs. <laughs> why don't I open the griffin door so you can also, another worst supporting character. Actually, there's two other worst supporting characters. One of them doesn't speak. It's the baby Jesus in the nativity scene. <laughs> Terrifying. Watch it and then come back to us. Why? DM us at Hey Now, Hey Now. It's so scary. Why is it scary? It's like, baby Jesus, that's a scary face. Anyway, the other person we should mention is obviously Uncle Jamie's girlfriend. Oh my God. The one that's sleeping with his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a cold. I just hope Uncle Jamie did the right thing and used a bit of first defense as he left the door. She is awful because not only is she paring off a wedding, but also she's shagging his brother. Hurry up, big boy. I'm naked and I want you at least twice before Jamie gets home. Ew, that's not sexy. Big boy. Oh my God. She also hates Uncle Jamie. We hate your red nose, Rudolph. (laughs) Okay, well, let's move on to some best supporting characters. And I think we should start with the wedding DJ who has been crowned the worst in history. Oh yeah, he plays puppy love and he's like, here's one for the lovers. (laughs) And they called it. And it's not even the Osman version. It's the S Club Juniors version. <laughs> I used to love Calvin, though, from S Club Juniors. So. You know, he's gay. Maybe I have a shot. You, oh, no, you have more of a shot than me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you can go out with Jay. Oh. Oh, he's. Wait, which one was Jay? Oh, no, Aaron. Oh, no, Aaron was also gay. Is he? Everyone's gay. Everyone's gay in S Club Juniors. Well, what do you know? It's Christmas. <laughs> I like the scene when the Prime Minister knocks on the door asking for Natalie and then she introduces them to the family and then she introduces us to, this is Uncle Tony. (laughs) Oh my God. His spiky hair is like Sonic the Hedgehog. He's getting gold rings for Christmas. (laughs) For real. Yeah, I love her family. I think you'd have a nice evening with Uncle Tony and Auntie Lynn, you know? Yeah. Now there are two people in Uncle Jamie's life. There's Eleanor, who is his kind of like housekeeper, really, at the beginning. She's assigning housekeepers to him. This is at his French villa. Yeah. And he's learning to type. Learning to type. When he's writing his crime novel. (laughs) Which Uh, sounds awful. I know. Crime, crime, yeah. Oh, crime, oui, oui. crime. <laughs> Not a crime fan. But we have to award best supporting character to Aurelia's sister, Sophia, also known as... Miss Duncan Donut 2003. <laughs> <laughs> you can enjoy a coffee with her. <laughs> but she might also, like, kill you. <laughs> She's scary. She is scary. She's got a lovely cardigan. I'll give her that. And a nice ponytail. Reminds me of a horse. (laughs) And um, she's just so sassy because she's just so jealous that her sister has got all the love and attention. And she's just sat at home. And her dad is trying to literally pay a guy to marry her. Yes. (laughs) That is not okay. I know. It's not. It's Portugal. (laughs) I would actually do anything to be Miss Dunkin' Donuts 2003. I mean, who wants to be Miss Universe? My hobbies are eating donuts. For my activity, I will eat a donut. <laughs> I mean, if Dunkin' Donuts want to sponsor this podcast, they are very welcome. But you can't because we have advertisers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Acast. <laughs> I hate Acast. I hate Acast. 
<laughs> I don't, obviously. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> ACAS. <laughs> We're delighted to say that our gift card and gift wrap collaboration with the amazing British illustrator Zoe Spry has done so well. We've designed some Christmas versions for you. So if you go to zoespry.com, that's Z-O-E-S-P-R-Y.com. We've got Christmas cards. We've got notebooks that are perfect for stocking fillers. We've got Christmas wrapping paper. Honestly, this collection is incredible. Check it out now worldwide shipping and if you're quick enough it will get to you before christmas so enjoy ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, so now we're going on to most iconic outfit. Now... The polo neck budget in this film must have been huge. <laughs> More than Claudia Schiffer's appearance fee. Steve Jobs' favourite film, Love Actually. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I noticed a lot of cardigans, a lot of heavy knits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, but oy, ugly, ugly knits. Um, so let's talk about Juliet's wedding dress for a minute. Oh. At the time, it would have been very chic and like different because she had she had a feather in her hair yeah it's actually a ostrich feather trimmed wedding dress wow Mm. well ostrich feather is better than chicken feather that's super true if i've learned anything from drag race (laughs) oh (laughs) um and then the zip is down the front 
which is quite unusual, I oh. thought. Actually, speaking of this wedding, can we just take a moment? How has Mark hidden like an entire band in with the wedding guests? Like, you know, when they're walking down the aisle, they all pop up and start playing their instruments. Like, including three people in the front row are from this band. Wouldn't Juliet be like, uh, who are these strangers at my wedding? Yeah, reserve these seats for my family, please. Yeah, family are outside. Couldn't get a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine because the trombone man got a place. It's like bizarre. Love that scene. <laughs> we also just need to talk about Carl's awful haircut in this film. For someone so hot, how did they get his hair so wrong? I mean, it's not really an outfit, but it is a look. It's a look and it needs to come off, honey. <laughs> <laughs> just needs like one little snip, snip, snip. Yeah, it's just the back. It's too long. Yeah, a year into lockdown, I feel like every man on this planet was rocking the car. <laughs> Something that was quite iconic was Natalie's red coat at the end when she's greeting David at the airport. It's just such a look. Yeah, although her beret got slated in this website. <laughs> really? Yeah, they wrote Martine McCutcheon very nearly escaped filming without having to wear a ridiculous hat. And then at the very last second, the white beret appears. <laughs> I'm sorry, white beret, red coat. Is she fucking Santa or what? Like, <laughs> what's this? I know. There's another hat moment. So Sarah, our favourite. Hi, babe. Hi, babe. Carl. <laughs> um, our favourite American colleague. When she's at the wedding, mm. she's not wearing a wedding outfit. She's wearing a bonfire outfit. Like she's got this <laughs> fuchsia pink coat and then a purple hat like pulled over her ears. You know? In the church. Like literally she's off to bonfire night. I'd quite like to put that outfit in the bonfire to be honest. <laughs> she looks like she's about to stand up and wave a sparkler. Why do these people get it so wrong? And if it's not that it's that bloody awful long scarf she knit for her brother. <laughs> Sarah gets a few things wrong babe come on. <laughs> Okay, another questionable accessory is Mr. American President. He wears this awful gold tie. And I don't know what it is about men who are important in society. They have awful taste in ties. For a president, I'm not digging it. And then after he's worn the gold tie, he changes into a purple tie, which is as equally awful. Presidents are weird. You know what actually is so funny? So Billy Bob Thornton, who played the, the president in this film, mm. he has this really weird phobia of antique furniture. Huh? So before the scenes that he filmed with Hugh Grant, he would be like, Billy, look over there. And it's like an old dresser. And you go, ah! And action. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, everyone's got their, their thing, you know? For me, hardboard eggs. For Billy Bob Thornton, antique furniture. Did he watch Beauty and the Beast as a child? Does he think Lumiere is real? All I know is that he cannot watch Antiques Roadshow on his own. I bet when he goes to sleep, he gets like the Antique Roadshow song in his head. Like a dagger in the neck. <laughs> um, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. I've got a phobia for those ties. Yeah. But most iconic outfit has to go to something that probably gets mentioned every single Christmas for the last 18 years. It is, of course, Kira Knightley's iconic denim Baker Boy cap. Banoffee pie? I made it. <laughs> 
we don't know what her job is. So she could actually be a baker. She could have made it. And maybe that was her uniform. Um, You know, fun fact. She actually only wore that cap because the day of filming, she had a big spot on her forehead. What? So the costume people were like, Quick, put this ugly hat on. How can we draw more attention to your forehead? You just filmed a scene in Selfridges. Go and get some Nars. It's not difficult. But it's so awful. It's brilliant. She saw it in the shop window and she thought, it looks quite pretty. <laughs> wow, it's just me. In a baker boy. Yeah, Mark wasn't interested in Juliet at all. He was just filming her baker boy hat the whole time. <laughs> Denim fetish. <laughs> baker boy fetish. <laughs> So niche. I finally know what my niche phobia is. Denim pink boy. (laughs) There is a lot of good musical moments in this film. I definitely have the Love Actually CD at home. So the soundtrack was curated by the music supervisor of this film, Nick Angel. We have a weird connection to Nick Angel, actually. Yeah, his son went to our college. Everyone went to Isha College. Anyone who was anyone went to that college. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. They can't be <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, that is a fun fact. Fun fact. So straight away, we are blessed with Bill Nye singing, Christmas is all around me. Oh. And so the feeling grows oh fuck shit bugger shitting ass head and hole <laughs> start again <laughs> i love bill nye yeah and the song kind of crops up many times in the film so you just never get sick of it i'm just glad he beat blue to be honest actually am i i used to love blue <laughs> do you know did you love blue or did you love like simon, simon? <laughs> i think it was like a simon thing actually yeah, yeah. i mean it wasn't going to be an anthony costa thing was it <laughs> They love a Costa in this film at Heathrow Airport as well. Do you know what? That Costa has stayed there for all these years. It's still there. How? It's the worst coffee chain. I'm sorry. I'm not planning on being sponsored by Costa Coffee, so I'm going to speak the truth. Who likes Costa Coffee? Nobody. No. Costa Fortune. <laughs> so true. Honestly, Cafe Nero all the way for me. Oh, same. We've got some amazing throwbacks in this film. Anything from... Bye bye baby, baby goodbye. Oh. Bay City Rollers. My mum loved those. So that was the funeral song. It was. An interesting choice, but what Joanna wants, Joanna gets. Do you know what? Our elderly neighbour who passed away. Now, side note to the podcast, me and Barney grew up on the same street. And she had, at her funeral, there's no business (laughs) like show business. I mean, Pixie, you're a darling. Pixie is a, oh, I said living legend. <laughs> Too soon. Oh, no. <laughs> She's a legend. She's a legend. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Oh, bless her heart. We also have Joni Mitchell. Obviously, that's a very important plot point. Um, So we hear her song River and then later Karen is listening to both sides now in the bedroom in that iconic scene. Um, I wanted to be sad, but all I kept looking at was like that bed throw. Honey. I don't know what made me more sad. (laughs) Throw that bed throw away. (laughs) At the wedding, we also have All You Need Is Love. And that was performed by Lyndon David Hall. 
love, 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 love. There's nothing you can do that can be done. Do, do, do. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. How amazing. Yeah, I love that. And we also have God Only Knows by the Beach Boys that closes mm-hmm. the entire film, which is such a good song. We can't obviously forget the golden oldie for a golden oldie. Obviously, when David... Uh, <laughs> The Prime Minister is dancing to jump for my love. Jump in! Do, 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 and, and feel the touch. Now, this was performed by the Pointer Sisters, but remember Girls Aloud recorded their own cover? And I was gutted when it wasn't their version in the film. Like, come on, guys, show you some respect. And I love that bit when his assistant's standing there and he's like, <clears throat> move the Japanese ambassador for four o'clock tomorrow. Yes, okay, sir. <laughs> So I have a question about that scene. Like, obviously, in the beginning, he's listening to the song in his bedroom mm. and he's, you know, starting to dance. But then he's dancing all around 10 Downing Street. But the radio's still in his room. How on earth is he hearing the music? Like, down the stairs and through the hallways and all the way in, like, another room. It's like, he's just dancing to himself. Number 10 has to have some sonos, right? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I wonder if Boris Johnson does that. hope he dies. <laughs> We also have some amazing, I would say modern day hits, but this was 2003 music. Um, but they are still classics. We have that Dido song, which is like, I can't breathe until you're resting here with me. We also have Too Lost in You by the Sugar Babes. Now, <gasps> was it you who told me that the Sugar Babes is the exact opposite of the Spice Girls? Sugar, Spice, Babes, Girls. Are you serious? Is that not crazy? Who is even in the Sugar Babes anyway? Like, I'm sorry, Sugar Babes died when Heidi left. Sugar Babes for me was Heidi, Mucha and Keisha. Yeah, yeah, the classic. But the original Sugar Babes, so it wasn't Heidi, it was Siobhan. Mm. They are like up and at it. Really? Yeah, they're back. Really? Why did Siobhan come back? Money. There's nothing you can do that can be done. Now for our American listeners who are like, um, I don't remember the song. You would be correct, because in the US version of Love Actually, that track was replaced with Kelly Clarkson's song, The Trouble With Love Is. So the US were never introduced to Sugar Babes in this film. And actually, Richard Curtis felt so bad about that, that in his later film, About Time, he made sure that a Sugar Babes song went into that. (gasps) And an extra fun fact, God, I am stacking on top of it today. Heidi from the Sugar Babes went on to name her daughter Aurelia. Wow, are you serious? <laughs> Insane. We can't not mention kind of the climax of the film where Joanna sings at the school Christmas concert where she performs Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. And apparently on the first take, she almost sung it too well. That they had to be like, can you sing it a bit worse? Just to make it a bit more like Kitty. believable. Yeah. Mm. So and they had to add a lot of like breaths in between ah. to make it not sound so amazing. So pitch perfect. She did such a good job anyway. And I like when she's like, and you, and you, and you, <laughs> and like Sam's like still playing the drums, like, are you kidding? <laughs> I fucking learned the drums for you. This kit costs 400 pounds. But (laughs) best musical moment has to go to the carol scene where David and Terry go to the dodgy end of Wandsworth. 
And they carol sing with the kids. Please sing for us. Please sing for us. They're so demanding, these kids in Wandsworth. Yeah, I... <laughs> they know what they want. <laughs> they are the dodgy end of Wandsworth. No, because they're like, you know, are you singing carols? And he's like, no. Please, please. And then David's like, well, I suppose I could. Please. He fucking said yes already. Why are you still asking? <laughs> Honestly, you better pay me for these carols. Yes. So, you know, David starts off. Good king once less, less looked out on the feast of Stephen. And then Terry, most <laughs> iconic driver ever, chimes in. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. And David just kind of turns around and is like, what the hell? is happening <laughs> wow i know and the kids are loving it like they're just dancing like, in the hallway fist pumping where are your parents i know imagine your parents just like walked into the hallway and just saw you with the prime minister going <laughs> all king wenzel do you know what i mean <laughs> only in wandsworth right yeah watch out people of wandsworth boris johnson's about <laughs> So we're here at Best Quotes, and I want to start off with an amazing one with Emma Thompson's character, Karen, and her daughter. (laughs) So, what's this big news then? We've been given our parts for the nativity play, and I'm the lobster. The lobster? Yeah. In the nativity play? Yeah. First lobster. There was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. Duh. (laughs) Duh. I mean, I feel like over the years, the story of Jesus is just going to change. So at one point, there will be a holy lobster. Yeah. Who were you in the nativity play? Um, I was actually Mary. <gasps> I was Mary um, in the Mexican version of... <laughs> <laughs> what? We basically did the nativity play from all around the world in our class in Mexico. Me and this guy called Anthony were Mary and Joseph. And it was called The Baby and the Bread. Because apparently, forgive me if I'm wrong, but they hid baby Jesus in some bread. No way! Yeah. Mexican listeners out there, can you please DM us and verify this information? Because I want to hear that story. And if I've made that up, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because no one wants to put Jesus in a piece of bread, you know? <laughs> you don't know how he tastes. No. No, I was Joseph in the nativity play. <gasps> so in another life, we could have been married and had a baby. Oh. So I've got one and it is from Billy Mac. Legend. Legend. Rock legend. He's on TV and he's like, Hi kids, here is an important message from your uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. Become a pop star and they give you them for free. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ant from Ant and Deck is like, Okay, and we're going to a commercial break. (laughs) Ant and Deck were amazing in this film. Always have had good comic timing. Yeah, no, they were complete naturals. Mm -hmm. I love when um, Deck says to... Billy, uh, Billy, I understand you've got a prize for our competition winners. And Billy goes, uh, yes, I have, Aunt Ordeck. It's a personalised felt-tip pen. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Frissell is such an iconic character in this film. He just brings that kind of like light-hearted comedy to the movie, doesn't yeah. he? And there's a scene where he is a waiter at Peter and Juliet's wedding. Yeah. And he's going around with this tray of food and he goes up to a woman who's standing on the the side of the room and he goes food she's like no thanks and it's dawn from gavin and stacy yeah 
Yes. And obviously Stacey's in there. Yeah. Lovely. Reunion. So she goes, no thanks. And he goes, yeah, a bit dodgy, isn't it? Looks like a dead baby's finger. Well, tastes like it too. (laughs) I'm Colin, by the way. I'm Nancy. Wicked. (laughs) Remember when people said wicked? Oh, God. (laughs) What do you do, Nancy? I'm a cook. Ever do weddings? Yes, I do. They should have asked you to do this one. They did. (laughs) God. Wish you hadn't turned it down. I didn't. Oh, Colin, he has no luck with the British babes, does he? No, not at all. I love when he actually is like on his way to America. And Tony, he just does not believe in Colin at all. Like He has no faith in Colin. But Colin proves us wrong. Yeah, have faith in your friend. Honestly. So there's that really amazing bit where they're in the car driving and Colin's like, exciting news. What? I bought a ticket to the States. I'm off in three weeks. No. Yes. To a fantastic place called Wisconsin. No. Yes. Wisconsin babes. Here comes Sir Colin. Woohoo! No, Cole. There are a few babes in America, I grant you, but they're already going out with rich, attractive guys. Natone, you're just jealous. You know perfectly well that at any bar anywhere in America contains 10 girls more beautiful and more likely to have sex with me than the whole of the United Kingdom. That is total bollocks. You've actually gone mad now. No, I'm wise. Stateside, I am Prince William without the weird family. (laughs) No, Colin, no. Yes. You know what? Props to him. He has a dream and he just does it. He goes out, does the damn thing and he gets rewarded. So Mm. props to him. Go on, Colin. Had a big knob after all. Yeah. (laughs) So Natalie serves the tea and chocolate biscuits, but she also serves some good lines. (laughs) Oh, yes, Um, she does. Oh, yes. Um, There's that moment between her and David when they're kind of like first meet, not first meeting, but have kind of got acquainted and he basically asks her if she has a boyfriend and um she says he said no one's gonna fancy a girl with thighs the size of a big tree trunks not a nice guy actually in the end ah you know um being prime minister i could just have him murdered thank you sir i'll think about it do the sas are absolutely charming ruthless trained killers are just a phone call away I mean, that is a bit of a flex. <laughs> she should take him up on it. A hundred percent. There's also the scene when they are first introduced. So David says to Natalie, hello, Natalie. Hello, David. I mean, sir. Shit. I just can't believe I've said that. And now I've just gone and said shit twice. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. It's fine. It's fine. You could have said fuck and then we would have been in real trouble. Thank you, sir. I did have an awful premonition I was going to fuck up on my first day. Oh, piss it. Um, There's another back and forth between Harry and Sarah. So Harry kind of knows, like he's basically telling her that it's completely obvious that she fancies Carl and everyone in the office knows about it. Yeah. Excuse me for my uh, Alan Rickman impersonation. Here we go. Tell me exactly, how long is it that you've been working here? Two years, seven months, three days, and I suppose, what, two hours? (laughs) And uh, how long have you been in love with Carl? (laughs) Our enigmatic chief designer. Um, two years, seven months, three days, and I suppose an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> I thought as much. Do you think everyone knows? Yes. Do you think Carl knows? Yes. <laughs> Are you Snape from Harry Potter? 
Yes. <laughs> that doesn't happen, but anyway, you know, it kind of goes on with that, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. So there's that. Um, we have to talk about the part where Colin's in America and he's with like the American dream girls. Yes. Eyes. <gasps> I want a night with them. So- not, not sex, but like the other stuff. <laughs> So they're sitting in that like American bar and um, Stacy. So she's the one who plays the mum in Mad, Mad Men. Mm. January Jones. January Jones. Um, she's like, what do you call that? Uh, bottle. Bottle. <laughs> what about this? Uh, straw. Oh, straw. <laughs> what about this? Uh, table. Oh, the same. It's the same. (laughs) (laughs) So this was on IMDb. Colin Frissell didn't get paid for that scene when he got like seduced by the girls. What? Well, it says on there that he returned his paycheck for the day because he had such a good time having three girls undress him for 21 takes. Oh, okay. Is that a bit gross? I feel like it's a bit gross. Like, I like take just, the paycheck because then it's the... more like your job. Yeah. I think it was trying to be funny by returning a paycheck, but it's just take the money. I hate Colin Frizzle. I hate Colin Frizzle. I hate Colin Frizzle. <laughs> There's that scene where David is meeting Natalie's family for the first time because he's literally turned up on her doorstep. And... um. He's saying like, oh, well, can I have a word with Natalie? And they're like, oh, well, we're just, you know, on our way out. And Natalie's mum, bless her, she's like, it's a school Christmas concert, you see, David. It's the first time all the local schools are joined together, even St. Basil's. And Keith will be very disappointed. The octopus's costume's taken me months. Eight is a lot of legs, David. (laughs) But we should award... Best quote to this very scene where Natalie is coming down the stairs. And Emily, will you please do the honours? Oh, yes, I will. Where the fuck is my fucking coat? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. I actually say that when I'm like leaving to to go out the house. Where the fuck is my fucking coat? It's such a small line, but oh, it just carries so much I, weight. I know. Just like really, like I feel like she's not a match for the prime minister, but she is. You know what I mean? <laughs> so good. So shall we go on to can we discuss? Hold on a sec. Where the fuck are my fucking notes? Okay, next we're moving on to can we discuss? And I think that the elephant in the room is that some of these relationships are a little bit problematic and I thought maybe it might be worth quickly kind of running through just to acknowledge them that hey we see you but we also understand that this film was made 18 years ago so mm-hmm. you know attitudes are a bit different yeah. um so let's start with Daniel who uh, Liam Neeson plays and he helps his son go so far as to stalk his classmate to the airport and he actively like encourages criminal behavior like he's like go through without a boarding pass like bypass security all of this stuff and like he doesn't even know how Joanna feels she might just be friend zoning Sam and like fair enough for her he's never spoken to her in his life so like how would she have a crush on him yeah he might get to boarding and then she's like 
No, you're five years younger than Kira Knightley. Yeah. <laughs> you're too old for me, but you look too young for yeah. me. <laughs> In some weird kind of timey wimey. I, I don't know if I'm tripping on like all the glitter that was on my uh, on my school nativity outfit, but. Uh, Maybe I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that was crazy. Obviously, we have Juliet being at the center of this love triangle between Peter and Mark. Actually, it can't really be considered a love triangle because in order for that to happen, Peter needs to know about Mark's feelings. Mm. And like, so he's completely unaware. We're supposed to think that Mark's huge confession to Juliet with, you know, the, the big signs and the music is romantic but like can i just ask if peter would have opened the door instead of juliet how the hell would have mark got out of that like how would he explain himself would he be like oh i bought you a cd player for christmas (laughs) like where's the box (laughs) i know and i just don't understand why she kisses him right she's not interested she doesn't owe him anything i know it's just like you have just cheated on your husband you got married like five days ago yeah literally literally five days and that baker boy hat is making her up to no good (laughs) she's got a lot of secrets under that baker boy hat (laughs) (laughs) and then of course we have harry he's so blatant in his infidelity he is literally dancing with the devil at the christmas party in front of his wife He's awful. And obviously that necklace scene is just so heartbreaking. Oh, we actually need to discuss that because that is the most heartbreaking scene in cinematic history. <laughs> you know what's more heartbreaking? What? The ugly design of that necklace. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> but like, she might want to divorce him after she got that necklace. It's so sad. And she just kind of like gets on with her life. Like, I know obviously stuff like that happens in families, but that is just so sad. It is really sad. Like you have such hope when she finds the necklace in the coat pocket and then she finds the wrapped present under the tree. And of course you'd put two and two together. Yeah. And then the reveal that it's a Joni Mitchell best off CD, which she probably owns anyway because she's a Joni Mitchell super fan. Exactly. Like, oh, this is a really personal present that I've got you this year. You went to HMV <laughs> and got the six ninety nine Joni Mitchell album. <laughs> I'm offended. And then he got this lover, a £250 necklace. Yeah. If I was Emma Thompson, I'd be marching back to Selfridges and asking Rowan Atkinson, for a bit of those lavenders and the <laughs> scoop of rose petals yeah. and the cinnamon stick. And yeah. I would throw it in his face. Yes. And a bit of holly because he's a bit of a prick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there's some interesting characters in this film. You know, it redeems itself. We have Jamie and Aurelia. We have John and Judy. And obviously David and Natalie get together at the end. Although... How is Martin McCutcheon considered fat in this movie? Like, a hundred different people call her fat. It doesn't make sense. She cannot be bigger than a size eight. And also, if she is fat, so what? Life is too short to say no to the caramel syrup in your Cafe Nero. Yes. Preach it, sister. I know that things nowadays appear problematic in this film. But there are some things from 2003 that I do really miss. Oh, yeah? I really miss... Frosted flakes. You know when Karen and Daniel are talking in the kitchen? Yeah. 
And like in the middle, they've got this Waitrose brand Frosted Flakes. I just miss the days where we didn't realise that that was bad for us. Do you know? Like we yes. were so, like now, you know, there's just so much to be scared of. Do you know what I mean? We know so much that we just can't enjoy some Cocoa Pops in peace. I don't even know the last time I had Cocoa Pops. Same. I'm like shamed for buying cereal. I know. And like Frosties and Ricicles. It was just a delicious time in our lives. The good old days. Yeah. Okay, here's a question I have. So the Dream Girls, the uh, mm. the group of American girls that Colin meets in, in Wisconsin, they claim that they are so poor that they all have to share one bed and they can't even afford pajamas. Cut to their massive house that is like fully decked out with Christmas decorations. Like priorities why are you spending money on light buy another bed true (laughs) so apparently in the lake jumping scene when jamie and aurelia jump into the lake yes to save the manuscript save the manuscript um the water was actually only 18 inches high oh yeah so like obviously it looks so deep but they were actually on their knees in there (laughs) so they were like oh you know like pretending yeah how crazy oh my gosh and that amazing line is from that scene there better not be eels in here i can't stand eels and then aurelia says in portuguese try not to disturb the eels (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect it's so good obrigado aurelia because that was really funny (laughs) Also, side note, who is using a typewriter in 2003? I know. It's like one of those things writers do to romanticise themselves. We had computers in 2003, didn't we? That's what I'm saying. Like, come on. So on the subject of these questionable choices, should we get on to some trivia questions? Question one. Do we hate Uncle Jamie? I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. (laughs) Okay, here's an easy one to start us off. What does Colin say his yellow rucksack is chock-a-block full of? Condoms. Yes! Yes. At Christmas time, that would be really funny if he had done an advert with Durex. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so my question to you. Daniel's really concerned that Sam isn't really leaving his room and he thinks that he might be injecting something into his eyeballs. What's he concerned that he's injecting? Heroin? Yes! (laughs) Yes. I don't, I don't think we should be celebrating this. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, heroin! <laughs> Become a rock star and you'll get that for free. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you tell me the name of the radio station that Billy Mac interviews at? Radio Watford. Yes! Yes. BBC Radio Watford. This is another one about Sam and Daniel. Okay. So when they're sitting on the sofa watching Titanic, Mm. they're like putting something into their mouths. You know what it is? A toothpick. Yes. Yes. It's good to floss. So when Karen's children are practicing for the nativity play at the house, do you know what toy they've put in the manger to act as the baby Jesus? Yes. Barney the dinosaur. I love you. <laughs> you love me. <laughs> Correct. Yes. I am Jesus. One, two, three. <laughs> that is how it went. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now put me in a slice of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feed me to the camel. Okay. So my question to you. When Uncle 
Jamie <laughs> is driving back from Marseille. He put some he put some items in the back of his Saab car. Ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> Staring at you blankly like, mm-hmm. I'm gay. I don't know these things. <laughs> There's three things that he puts in the back of the car. Um, Bottles of wine, mm-hmm. garlic, cloves. Yeah. And cheese. Yes. Yes. We. Oui. <laughs> Who invited Billy Mac to a Christmas Eve party after he got that number one hit? Elton John. Yes. It's actually Sir Elton John. Oh, sorry. My apologies. <laughs> Sir Elton John. You don't get the point because of that. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Prince of sunglasses. <laughs> okay, John takes Just Judy home. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the number of her house? <gasps> or is it... Okay, in keeping with the profession, I'm mm. going to guess... 69. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, no. That is so inconvenient. Uh, no, it's 21. Oh. I don't know what position that is. Can we actually Google <laughs> sex position 21? One second. Okay. Sex position. I'm really scared. Oh, it's called the snowdrop. <laughs> oh, explain. Okay. I'm going to say it really quick. And actually, maybe we can speed this up. Okay. And then if you guys are really perverted, you can slow it down. <laughs> Sex doggy style from behind, kneeling man on top, rear entry. Ouchie! <laughs> but festive, the snowdrop. <laughs> Always bringing it back to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> Old King Winston <laughs> went to town on the snowdrop evening. <laughs> Here's my final question to you. So when Colin goes to Milwaukee, he meets four lovely girls. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me their names? Oh no. Don't kill me, Richard Curtis. Is one Stacy? Yes. Is one Christine? No. Kelly. These are just like generic <laughs> like Midwestern names. <laughs> Kellyanne. Oh, Caroline. Correct. Oh, oh. one that is um, but i don't know the other one. Oh no that is so inconvenient so there is also genie and harriet oh yes the sexy one and at the end colin brings back a friend for his friend carla played by denise richards wow so the word actually is said how many times throughout the film 12 no oh no that is so inconvenient. 23. 23 times? 23. 23 times throughout the film. Well, I would not have got that. Richard Curtis, congratulations. I actually love this film. Oh, she said it. You know? She said it. I wonder how many times we said actually in this podcast. Um, You guys can listen to the pod and do a tally. Yeah, or tally how many times we say iconic, iconic. <laughs> There's always that fear that you're going to say like a thousand times. Yeah. Ugh, nerves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think of a better film to kick off our Christmas classic series with. I hope you're in the mood because we have three more amazing episodes coming your way in the run up to Christmas. So dropping in your subs like Santa dropping down the chimney. Dropping a turd down the chimney. <laughs> Only if you've been bad. <laughs> 
And you know what? In between those Mondays, make sure you are following us on Instagram at HeyNowHeyNow hey now, because you will be served some amazing Christmassy memes to kind of get you in the spirit. And also, we're delighted to say that our gift card and gift wrap collaboration with the amazing British illustrator Zoe Spry has done so well. We've designed some Christmas versions for you. So if you go to zoespry.com, that's Z-O-E-S-P-R-Y.com. We've got Christmas. Christmas cards, we've got notebooks that are perfect for stocking fillers, we've got Christmas wrapping paper. Honestly, this collection is incredible. Check it out now, worldwide shipping, and if you're quick enough, it will get to you before Christmas. So enjoy. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and if you hate Uncle Jamie, leave us a five star review. I hate Uncle Jamie! Five star. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.